0: Welcome to The Institute, a podcast on the lives and work of fellows and friends of the Institute for the Arts and Humanities at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I'm your host, Kristen Chavez. Today I'm talking with Oswaldo Estrada, the director of the IEH's Faculty Fellowship Program. He's a professor of Romance Studies and the editor of Hispanofila, a journal produced by the Romance Studies Department that features essays on literary or cultural topics about the Spanish or Portuguese-speaking worlds. Dr. Estrada received a faculty fellowship in 2011, 2016, and 2021. In fall 2021, he returned to lead the faculty fellowship program as the program director. As he enters his second year in the role, we talk about the program, the way that it enhances faculty research, and what he's looking forward to learning from this year's cohorts. Thank you for joining.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Great. So not only are you the director of the Faculty Fellowship Program, but you've been a three-time fellow. For those listening who may not be familiar with the program, can you share about what it entails as a a member going weekly?
1: Yes. It is a wonderful experience for all faculty members who have the opportunity to come to the IAH for a semester. You have a semester uh, of no teaching, no service responsibilities, and your job, your mission is to work on your research project. It is a luxury that not everyone has, um, but I think everyone should apply for one of these fellowships. The wonderful thing about the the IH is that you get to work with people from other disciplines. So perhaps um, you're a literary critic, but you happen to share your scholarship with a historian or um, someone who's in the Department of Geography or uh, someone who's in the English department, for instance. And that's what truly enhances your project, because oftentimes we're just, we're used to discussing our own projects with our students, with our colleagues. Uh, we attend conferences with colleagues who are working on you know, similar projects. And, but what's challenging is to try to explain what you do to others who are not necessarily familiar with your particular topic. And the way that the seminars work is that you, you sort of have a three-part presentation, Mm -hmm. So um, you give us a preview of what you'll be presenting next week. It's sort of a 15-minute preview. Then you have an entire hour to discuss your project the following week with other fellows. They give you feedback. And then the following week, you sort of reflect on what you've learned, if you've traveled a certain distance from, you know, the original project and so on. Mm -hmm. In addition to this, you're in charge of leading discussion once uh, during the semester. And the fun part is that we get to eat together. Uh, we get to talk about current issues, talk about life in general. So it is a really, really wonderful experience.
0: We are a research university, of course, but research and teaching are a big part of the mission of a faculty member. So, can you share a little bit about the importance of having this time to research?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think that here at Carolina, we are or uh, we have amazing professors um, who are very dedicated. To their teaching, and because they are so dedicated, oftentimes you do forget that you know you also have to write this article, you have to work on your book, uh, and if you're thinking you know I'm coming up for promotion soon, of course you need a book, and so I think that it's it's nice, it's unique, uh, the fact that you have a whole semester to work on this. Um, and I always tell our fellows to protect their time because people might think that because you're not teaching, you're free to do other stuff, right? And you can serve on this particular committee. And can you also do this for me? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, no, no, no. Um, you know, this is time just for you to work on your research project. And maybe all you can do during that semester is work on one chapter um, or, you know, two chapters. Or maybe you're working in your book proposal and you get to submit that. Um, that's something that we also do every week. You share with others a 12-page paper, uh, and so we can give you comments on it. And it seems like it's, you know, uh, a very small number of pages, but you actually get a lot of feedback, and, and it's, you know, it, it works out really well.
0: It all helps to kind of advance the overall publication or story. Definitely, definitely.
1: And sometimes I feel like you need, so say you're at the IH for a whole semester, and maybe all you were able to produce In writing was I don't know whatever it is that you know that's important to you like 20 pages 50 pages Um, but the most important part I think uh, is like the thinking process the fact that you were working with others just thinking outside the boundaries discussing your ideas uh, with others who don't necessarily know what you're talking about uh, and that's what makes it you know a better project overall
0: Great. Can you share about um, one of your experiences as a faculty fellow? Um, how did that help your own research or your own writing?
1: So the first time uh, I was a fellow, I was working on my second book on gender matters in contemporary Mexican literature. The s- second time I was here at the IH, I was working on another book. But actually, that one's—I—I—I um, I, I will say that that was a freebie because I was—I—I uh, I was awarded the Chapman Distinguished Teaching Award. And as part of the award, you get a semester at the IH. So that was really unique uh, in the sense that I was not expecting that, and and I got it. And so I got to work on my second book, Iconic Mexican Women and the Traps of Representation. It's about historical memory and, Mm -hmm. and iconic women. And the third time, when I came back uh, through the Race, Memory, and Reckoning initiative, I had to work on something that's really unique, um, that matters to me uh, at the personal level, too, on contemporary Latina, Latina issues.
0: Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because um, I wanted to ask you more about your project during the initiative. Can you share about that research and your work in um, creating that?
1: Yes, so in addition to being a professor of Latin American literature, I'm also a fiction writer, and for the longest time I wanted to write a book about immigrants, about Latinos in the United States, and I didn't know if I wanted to write an essay or chronicles or short stories, and I I think that I just needed the time to think about this, so this uh, third fellowship gave me the opportunity to think about those Latinos who are less visible uh, but who are here all, all over the state of North Carolina. Uh, there you know, 60 million Latinos or so, uh, according to the last census, here in the U.S. The ones who make us proud, of course, are the most visible ones, right? The ones who work for the government and the ones who uh, happen to be in leadership positions um, here at the university or elsewhere the, you know, as members of the community. And, of course, the doctors, lawyers, architects, professors, and so on. But the vast majority of Latinos who live in the U.S. uh, work very hard for very little money. And they are the nannies who take care of our children, the the people who clean this university when we're at home watching TV, um, or also the gardeners, the people who work in the fields, uh, the nurse assistants who take care of the elderly at various assisted living facilities. I wanted to write about them. And so I, I got to spend a whole semester just uh, crafting stories. Um, and actually, I have to say that Tim Maher, uh, one of our uh, directors, um, he said, You know, you should when you're thinking about Latinos in the state of North Carolina, because i written a piece about the nannies, um, mm-hmm. he said, Maybe you want to start thinking about the Latinos who work in the fields and the tobacco fields of North Carolina. And he talked to me about green tobacco sickness. And I started doing research about that and, and reading more and more about it, um, watching all kinds of um, documentaries and so on. And I wrote the the short story Under My Skin, which was a finalist for the Doris Betts Fiction Prize. So as a result of that fellowship, I now have uh, a, a manuscript that is sort of, you know, almost there. <laughs> getting there. Uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. But it will be um, done soon. Uh, some of the stories I wrote in Spanish, some of them in English, so some of them are being translated as we're speaking. And so something nice will be produced in the near future, I think.
0: Yeah, We look forward to it. Thank and you. that's great. It sounds like, as you were mentioning before, having that experience with other people in the cohort and meeting with them, giving you the spark for another idea that kind of right. builds and builds, mm-hmm. which is great.
1: And see, I would have never thought about green tobacco disease or sickness here uh, in the state of North Carolina. I had no idea. And because of, you know, one comment um, made by my colleague, I was like, mm, this is an interesting story. Maybe there's something here that, that I can do with this. That's great. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what made you want to apply for and then become the program director for this for the faculty fellowship program? Was there anything in your experience as a fellow that you wanted to emulate or emphasize as you're facilitating meetings?
1: I had the you know the wonderful opportunity to have this amazing um, directors, Jane Thrillkill, Michelle Berger, Tim Marr. and you know every semester I was like. I think I could do that. I think I, I, I could see myself there uh, leading this discussion, trying to help uh, others with their own research, being the timekeeper. It's like you're preparing so much every week uh, for, not for a graduate seminar, but mm-hmm. for a faculty seminar. And it is challenging, right? It, it is a lot of work, but it is so enriching at the end of the day uh, to get to know what other colleagues are uh, are doing uh, it, I, I feel like I'm more connected, and I, I like to be that person who's, you know, acting as their leader, as their mentor in some ways, and I truly enjoy it.
0: As you're going into your second year of program director, what are you most excited about? What are you looking forward to for this year?
1: I'm excited about coming back to the IH. Uh, we're having, you know, in-person meetings again. It's been, how long has it been? Like two-plus years, plus, right? Yep. Uh and we did our best with online meetings and, and seminars, uh, but there's something magical and unique that happens when you're sitting around the table and discussing your ideas and feeling the vibe and getting that immediate response without having to raise your hand, you know, like, you know, w- with Zoom meetings and so on. So I, I, I'm i truly excited uh, about coming back to the IH to having meals uh, with uh, with the faculty fellows, I think it's just going to be awesome.
0: Great. And as we're recording this, um, our the faculty fellowship program application is open um, through the end of September of, of 2022 for the next cycle. Um, why should faculty apply for this program? You've kind of already hinted to it, but <laughs> if you can make another pitch, what would it be?
1: I think, it, A, it's a very competitive fellowship, right? Um, we only have a limited number of fellowships uh, per semester, but I think it's so worth it that every faculty member should apply for one of these fellowships. Um, when else are you gonna have the luxury of having uh, not only the time to think about your research project, to write about something, to create something, um, but uh, when else are you going to have you know, nine or ten scholars around the table uh, giving you feedback, constructive criticism to make your research project even better than what it already is? So I think that uh, definitely, and we are certainly hoping to get more and more applications.
0: It would be a good problem to have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure.
0: Great. Um, Thank you so much. I'll round this out with a question that we ask everyone that comes onto the podcast. Is there a book that has changed your life?
1: Many books have, of course, changed my life because I'm a literature professor, but I'm I'm teaching, so I have to give you a whole list. (laughs) But I'm teaching a first-year seminar right now, writing with an accent, uh, Latina, Latino literature and culture. I have to say that I've fallen in love again with the writings of Gloria Saldua. Uh, We're discussing her her writings and how she deals with discrimination, otherness, being a minority in the U.S., a Chicana, and how we should always strive to empower ourselves. Uh, I'm thinking, of course, of her book, Borderlands, La Frontera, but I also love this other book that she co-edited with Cherry Moraga, This Bridge Called My Back.
0: Great. We'll have to add it to the list. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me and for the opportunity to talk more about the IH.
0: Thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Institute Podcast. You can apply for the Faculty Fellowship Program at our website, iah.unc.edu. There you can also find the latest news featuring Arts and Humanities Fellows, information about grants and leadership opportunities for all UNC Chapel Hill faculty, and spotlights on upcoming public events. All of our podcast episodes are available at our website, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and more.